0: today is november 22nd tennis has officially wrapped up their 2020 season with alex's friend and uva not really graduate first he went for one year brandon nakashima winning the orlando challenger and Daniel Medvedev beating Dominic Thiem in three sets at the Nitto World Tennis Finals today. I think it was 6-4 in the third. Hell of a job and big tip of the cap to the ATP and WTA on finishing the season safely and successfully. Hopefully next year we'll have the return of tennis fans in stadiums, but that is definitely a wait and see matter. Another big topic in the last few days has been the NBA free agency and the big time moves some teams have already made including the Los Angeles Lakers. NBA always stays relevant because the free agency market is dominating the news with many woge bombs and bite marks. But Alex, let's start by getting into our MVP of the 2020 tennis and your thoughts about the year-end World Tennis Finals. Before we get into that, Clark,
1: I uh, just want to ask you how your day was. We, uh, we let our listeners know when uh, when you win some bets. So uh, how, how was your day today, Clark?
0: A little rough. Today's been rough. I uh, I had $20 for Kevin Kisner at plus $330. But not 330 Actually, $3,330. Um, 3300 And he had a putt, about an eight-foot putt, to win the tournament in the first playoff uh, and lost. And then, uh, you know, the rest of the day has gone downhill. Doesn't look like Kansas City is covering their first half spread, so that's another minus of the day. And if Kansas City – can't cover the minus seven, then um, we're down some more money. So I'm looking forward to college basketball season on Wednesday. And hopefully, uh, you know, Monday, everything changes negativity into positivity. But uh, we're looking on the bright side right now. When's your payout? Tuesday morning, but uh, I already
1: paid out my bookie today. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's smart. That's smart. You didn't want to do a last ditch effort, a little last ditch parlay?
0: No, I had to get uh, more money. You know, I paid him out, and then he, he gave me that credit back. So uh, you gotta yeah. love
1: the free play.
0: Yep. So uh, payout again is still Tuesday, but hopefully he will pay me. So uh, we will wait and see with this Kansas City game. That's for sure. Okay.
1: Well, anyway, let's get into it, um, kids. If you guys are watching, there's there's protein in here. Um, <laughs> my my season MVP, I think, might be. Okay. I'm going to go to, I'm going to go like best player. And then I'm going to go, I don't want to say most improved, but uh, let's just leave it under that category. So the best player I feel for sure is uh Novak. Just what he did this year was um, another amazing year. He balled out the whole year and he was very, very dominant, even though he had some blunders, uh, you know, of course, in the U S open that didn't look that good. It was still, it was still a good year. And I think he was able to secure that, uh, uh, number one ranking to finish the year so that's that's really good runner up would be Nadal but then most improved or I guess you could even say dark horse from whatever perspective you're coming from for um, I guess MVP or whatever is uh, Andre Rublev. he made the jump for the first time to uh, you know to top 10 so he climbed up eight uh, I think eight spots to a new high ranking um, which got him in the year-end tournament which is you know the best state players so that was a huge accomplishment and he also won five events this year so i think that that guy uh had an amazing season and took a big jump going to something that we're gonna get into i don't think that rublev is gonna be the next guy to win a major outside of the top three um it's gonna be interesting for me i really do think uh, you know svarev's time is calling it's almost like an andy murray situation where murray went to so many grand slam finals before he actually won and Zverev doesn't have um, many Grand Slam finals, if any, um, under his resume, but one. So, exactly, not a lot. But he's, he's knocking, and I think he's next, if not Titsy Pass.
0: I think in terms of my MVP this year, it has to be Dominic Team. Uh, you know, he, he loses in the, the today to Bevedev. But <clears throat> being the first new generation player to kind of break through winning a Grand Slam and beating uh, Zverev in five brutal sets at the U.S. Open. That was kind of a, a big moment for those younger guys. And you know, when you speak of those younger guys, you look at Rublev, you look at pass you look at Medvedev, you look at Team uh, Domenyar. You listen, you know, those those crop Tiafo, maybe. You know, there's probably like, you know, ten or twelve to tie the top fifty. But uh, Team definitely, you know, caught my eye. His record against Federer the last few years has been pretty good. But you know, beating. Nadal beating Djokovic in the last few matches. He's got a great record, and, and he's kind of consistent on every surface. Um, you know, Djokovic, Nadal, uh, speaking about Djokovic, he's had a lot of up and downs this year, and you definitely saw during the World, world Finals here uh, against team that he just didn't look sharp. Maybe his elbow was bothering him, but just his maturity on the court was still poor. And what he did at the U.S. Open – you know, you can, you can talk about it, good or bad, uh, but he just – he hasn't shown me enough maturity and starting the new um, – kind of the new union that he's, he's beginning to, to start. I just don't think he was really with it, even though, I mean, we're talking about, hey, Djokovic wasn't really with it. He had 41 wins on tour this year. Like, 41-3, and 41-4. Yeah, I mean,
1: a down oh, year for, for him here. is obviously still somebody's best year, like, possible. My only argument is, like, the thing with the U.S. Open, whatever, like, if he doesn't um, have that happen, which he did to himself, like, he's going to win the U.S. Open pretty much guaranteed, we, we would say. I think he was – it's what you define MVP as. So, if it's, like, best season, um, you know, most wins, whatever, or best player, I think consistently he was the best player. Um, and he's just judged to a high standard. That's why you could say somebody like team. But team Team put it together for that tournament. But I think for me, what clinched it for Djokovic was just securing that year-end ranking because, you know, whoever's number one is the best player in the world. That's, that's kind of how it goes. I think the biggest
0: person that should be most upset this year should be Nadal. You know, Nadal, he had a good year, but he's never won this event, and he lost – he had a chance on his racket against Medvedev. He lost, I think, 6-3 or 6-4 in the third. Um, but, you know, comparing records, comparing Grand Slam, comparing big Masters titles, this one's looming over his head. He's never won it, and he's kind of – I don't want to say digressing is the word, but it's hard for that guy to stay uh, healthy on a hard court and keep Hughes. up with the likes of team, you know, team just – drill on the ball and Medvedev just working side to side and Djokovic. So his career on hard court, I think, is slowly deteriorating. Uh, he's still, you know, the world's best and will probably be the world's best uh, ever um, French, Open, French Open. So, I mean, the
1: hard court season for Nadal, he, he's definitely not looking forward to it next year. I mean, people have been saying that since 2006, though, that he's bad on hard courts. and like, yeah, it's not his best surface, but he's still achieved great heights on hard courts. I just think, I mean, indoor fast hard courts are not, like, catered to his style. Like, it just is not – it's not for him. You know, these other guys that are more used to playing indoors, grew up playing indoors, it's, like – it definitely benefits them. So, I do think it's almost a little bit unfair. I guess it is, like, just the standard because it's always been that way, except for maybe Houston. But the year-end championship is – has always pretty much been indoors. Before Houston, I believe it was in Germany – um and then we had shanghai as well so it's just not a good place for him he's never won paris either um so that's what it is i want to know i thought medvedev was a little bit disappointing because after what he did last year and i know he just won the year-end final so he kind of like definitely salvaged it and just that's an amazing result he you know made history i think because He's the first person ever to beat the number one, two, and three consecutively in the year-end championships. So shout-outs to him. He's definitely, like – he's one of my favorite players, too, because he's just, like, a straight-up crackhead. I love him. But um, Medvedev, though, like, he didn't have the year we thought he was going to have. I
0: think in terms of the next crop, uh, you know, look at the big three, Nadal, Djokovic, and Federer. I think Medvedev is going to be the one that wins the next Grand Slam Will that be the Australian Open? No, I mean, I, I can't. You can't bet against Djokovic at the um, at the Aussie. But in terms of the U.S. Open next year or Wimbledon, maybe. I mean, I don't think Medvedev is that good on on grass. But I think uh, I would put some good money down on, on Medvedev to win the U.S. Open if he stays healthy uh, for next year.
1: Yeah, Russians are allergic to grass.
0: Yeah, so he, you know, he's. He, I mean, he's played okay on the grass. He's awful clay court player. You know, he doesn't even want – he wants to skip the clay court season every year. Uh, but, you know, when I talk about the MVP, team was consistent on every, every surface. And in my, you know, MIP most improved, without a doubt, is Andre Rublev for sure.
1: Yeah, 100%. He did so well um, in breaking through. He really made a jump. Um, I just think he's still, like – with that said, I think he's still a couple years behind guys like Medvedev team Zverev um, even Kachanov maybe but what do you it's think the
0: biggest, biggest storyline is heading into 2021 in terms of uh you know
1: on the on the male side i know the female side obviously is hey can serena win yeah, yeah. which i really hope she does we really needed to get that slam and get over the hump it's been like a curse i think it's like obviously it's a record but i don't think she's won a grand slam since uh, she had her baby so and so i, think- I
0: Seventeen. I really want her
1: to do it just to get that month, like, you know, get it off her back. Like it'll be very, very important, but I don't know for, I think just overall for tennis, I think it's COVID-19. I think, what are we going to do? How is this season going to look? Because there's going to be some areas of the world that are, uh, you know, open and there's going to be fans in and everything like that. And then there's going to be other areas uh, like, you know, in the U S like a tournament, like Indian Wells, I don't know how that's going to happen. Um, I don't foresee anything they just uh, made everything stricter in LA right now so what what's it going to look like in in March we'll see but it depends a lot on that but I think we really do need to bring the fans back to the game because it just adds uh, an element of excitement we have seen just like in the NBA though some some very very high level uh, tennis um, without yeah. the fans um, and you
0: know Nick here he's been active on his Instagram and Twitter he was I think he was showing a clip the other day or posted a clip of him playing catching off that five set battle uh, in January at the Australian Open and the fans were just getting into it. And, you know, as an American watching U S open late night, seeing James Blake and Andy Roddick, really just try to persevere and the fans screaming, you know, Blake, here we go, Andy. You know, that's what makes tennis. And as a fan growing up and a young kid who, you know, wants to be a part of that environment and ultimately, you know, plays college tennis or goes pro, uh, plays at junior tournaments. You know, that's what you look at when you're kind of driving to the courts. You know, you think of those those moments that you watch on television. So um, they did their best job to kind of keep tennis going and keep the fans interested. But there's nothing like, uh, you know, 15, 20, 30,000 fans uh, just trying to root on a guy or, you know, get under Djokovic's Uh, so uh, I think I agree will the fans be back in the stadium 2021 I guess we'll we'll... see and I think
1: it's going to look like for some places yes some places no and uh, that's just going to depend on how everything happens and how the vaccine rolls out and so hopefully hopefully it does uh, go well because at the end of the day sports are entertainment and without the fans uh, you know you have nothing that's a livelihood and obviously tennis is a great sport for social distancing that's why it's been able to work um, outside of the NBA and the UFC, I would argue that tennis has been the other sport that's done a phenomenal job with uh, being able to, like, keep their seasons going. Um, so I just think, though, also the fans just create a different environment as far as, like, pressure goes because it's not like fans are necessarily rooting for a team to win. It's different. Like, you could be playing a match and one day the crowd's with you and one day it's against you, um, you know, because we play an individual sport. But it's still – creates a different type of atmosphere. And then there's like a playfulness aspect to it, uh, which I think that you do see in tennis a lot, uh, you know, with Kyrios asking a fan where to f- serve the ball before and before the point and stuff like that. So when tennis, uh, when that returns to tennis, I think it will be good. And I think it'll also give, uh, hopefully people will have a new appreciation for it too. When um, they can, when they come back and not taking it for granted anymore.
0: Yeah. That's a wait and see matter. Um... I think everything kicks off again. They're, they're pretty much resting for the next four or five weeks. And then the ATP Cup is supposed to start the first week of January. So that was you know exciting tournament last year. But heading into the NBA, uh, doesn't look like these NBA owners have really been affected by COVID-19 with the numbers that they're putting out. And some of these guys that they're making, I think the biggest – Alarm in terms of money is Gordon Hayward signing a four-year, $120 million contract with the Charlotte Hornets signing with LaMelo Ball. So that's going to be an interesting duo, Hayward and LaMelo Ball, and, you know, P.J. Washington, Miles Bridges, a bunch of those young guys, Cody Zeller. So that will be an interesting dynamic. But I think the the team that got pretty damn good in the last three days has been the Los Angeles Lakers signing Montrez Harrell, Dennis Schroeder, Wesley Matthews and then as of an hour ago signing Marcus and it looks like Jordan Bell and Alphonso McKinney will come along so we'll see if the Lakers sign anyone else I think they have three um three spots veteran minimums and uh they're definitely the team to uh to beat still
1: yeah I mean the only thing more exciting than the NBA season is NBA free agency It's literally like the most fun. It's like the NBA is so cool because it's literally like a soap opera, all the drama, everything. It just creates so much excitement. And like Rob Palenka might be league MVP next year. He, the job he's done is phenomenal. Like you bringing up some of the stuff like, wow, Gordon got paid, um, which is crazy. I mean, he's a good player and I'm happy for him, but I don't know if at this stage in his career, after all the injuries, he's worth that amount of money. But I think now he could be because, uh, you know, he can maybe be that, uh, focal point again, because, uh, you know, he's not sharing with, uh, the emergence of like, you know, Tatum or like Jalen Brown or something like that. So that'll be interesting to see LaMelo. I think he's going to be good. I think he's going to be better than Lonzo. Those matchups are going to be super, super entertaining. Um, but Michael Jordan has time and time proved again that he is not, um, the owner that he was as a player. He is taking two different routes. His post, uh, playing career has not been as successful when it comes to uh, being a GM and owner but yeah I mean the Lakers like I'm just gonna go through some of my favorite free agency moves real quick um number one Rajon Rondo Rondo did not re-sign which is fine but I think the Clippers were offering him a little bag um and he did not go to them which thank god that that had me sweating a little bit so he went to Atlanta stayed loyal like Honestly, that's another uh, – that's his last contribution to the Lakers. That's just one more assist he made. Um, then after that, oh, Omar Gasol signs the Lakers. That's a great big man. Um, I think replacing Dwight Howard uh, because he's just, he's just a great, intelligent player, and it's also cool that he's, like, on the same team that his brother won championships with. There's a family tie there. Um, Dennis Schreiber amazing. He's so good. He's very underrated in this league, so he's going to be huge. Um, and he's also going to be able to take some of the weight off of LeBron and AD as they probably sit out a little bit at the beginning of the season um, because he can get his. And also the pick and rolls are crazy with that guy. I, um, I'm very, very um, – also I'm happy with Montrez. You see that? He didn't want to move. He wanted to stay in the same city, but he did change teams and he came to the good guys. He's not uh, with the Step Brothers anymore. He's not playing in the basement. He uh, came up with the big boys. So. That's awesome. I love seeing all the uh, Clippers uh, reactions to that, especially Pat Bev. Um, so I think the Lakers are just looking good. Rob Palenka did such a fantastic job of not only like replacing who left, but also getting rid of people that probably like underperformed like Danny Green and Quinn Cook. I'm hoping just because selfishly, I love JR that uh, the honey God is back, but, but we'll see what happens. What, what's been the biggest standout uh, to you so far? I, th- I and like, there's more to come too with with Harden. There's a big fish still on the market.
0: Yeah, we're not uh, we're not done yet. I do like um, the moves that some of these te- bottom teams in the East have made so far. The Atlanta Hawks they've gotten a lot better. Um, you know they signed a bunch of guys. They signed Chris Dunn. They signed Rondo. They Bogdanovich is they signed him. But the Kings have 48 hours to match. So they've signed some really you know good younger players to go along with that younger, younger group. Um, in terms of the Bucks, I think the Bucks got a lot better. They added some younger guys, Bryn, Bryn Forbes, uh, Bobby Portis, uh, some other guys. So everyone's kind of trying to get younger and, and we're in positionless basketball right now. So if you can have as many six, four guys, six, four to six, eight guys that can play one through five, you know, you can just spread the floor. You have shooters. Uh, you know, th- the thing that really stands out to me is if you can shoot the damn ball, you're going to make more than five million dollars a year now. Uh, you know, shooting. Yeah,
1: those three and D guys are cashing out.
0: Yeah. So, um, I'm really interested to see what kind of LA still is going to do. The Clippers, um, the Golden State got better, even though Clay tore his Achilles, which that's that stinks. There's a old Dominion basketball player here who uh, tore his ACL last year, and then came back and practiced and then tore his other, uh, his right Achilles. He tore his left, left ACL last year and tore his Achilles this year. So that seems like it might be uh, a little common with ACL injuries, you know, coming back. So that's a little unfortunate for Clay, but hey, they got Wiseman. Then they just got Kent Bazemore and they're signing some more younger guys. So, uh, you know, it, it's going to be another parody filled league. And the Portland Trail Trailblazers, you cannot forget about them. They signed Rodney Hood again, um, and then they signed Cantor, and then they just signed Carmelo back, and they have another wing that just came over, Trevor Ariza, too, but he might be getting traded again. So, uh, you know, a lot of these – its if you're in the NBA, you're, you're definitely a damn good basketball player, but,
1: uh, you know, the depth on these teams is getting a lot better. The depth is getting better, especially, like – again, going back to the Lakers, Wesley Matthews, another great pickup. It's going to be interesting because now I honestly think like it's not even last last year. I felt like it was neck and neck Clippers-Lakers, but now um, I really don't know if there's a clear number two. You could maybe say it's the Clippers. I think they still have some moves and some tricks under their sleeves, but watch out for Denver for sure because they definitely proved themselves last year and proved that they're a major threat and they're coming. And Portland could be good too, but um, I think the Lakers are looking head and shoulders above where it's going to be very, very interesting. I think it's going to be the East because there's a bunch of teams making moves and there's a bunch of teams that are very much like, I think going to be in similar situations like Charlotte, Atlanta. Let's, let's see what happens there. Even, um, the Knicks. I mean, the Knicks, the Knicks, the Knicks are probably going to get Russell Westbrook. The Knicks are still going to stink, but I feel like it's just like the entire East is literally going to be like a seven seed. That's what it feels like. I'm, There's I'm just really... going to be a lot of parody. The Miami Heat lost; uh, they lost Jay Crowder, but they kept uh, they kept Goron, which was huge. So it's going to be that's going to be very very fun to watch just because of because of the parody. And hey, where
0: is you know Demarcus Cousins going to go? You know you don't know. Um, he hasn't been signed yet. I do think the teams that I'm really interested in see what's going to happen over the next few days. Being like a Yankees and Giants fan, being a New York kind of guy, you know, you always have a soft spot, soft spot for the Knicks. And, you know, I've been a LeBron fan and watched him. I want to get uh, – the Knicks being relevant, is again, is good for basketball. You know, Obi Toppin, let's see what he can do with RJ. They just signed Austin Rivers. They signed Nerlens Noel. Um, they're going to be getting better. But to me it's – They're going to be better. What happens in Houston? They just signed a great big, probably the best big they've had. Uh, and Christian Wood, who's an all-star. I think he's an all-star big. He was in Detroit, kind of under – wasn't really in the limelight because Detroit's a small market team with Blake Griffin. Everyone looks at Blake Griffin. He's a damn good big. You have Westbrook and Harden. What's going to happen? Hey, you got P.J. Tucker. You have Westbrook. You have Harden. You have – well, Daniel House right now is a free agent. But you have a good – team new coach but hey they're gonna do a pick and roll a bunch of pick and roll stuff and wood
1: and harden i don't know houston's gonna be trash harden's gone harden yeah. has made it very clear he's gonna get traded and if he doesn't get traded i bet he's gonna sit he's like made it known that he doesn't want to stay there um he's pushing for brooklyn which will be f- very very crazy one ball and russell westbrook or what am i saying sorry kyrie irving kevin durant and james harden and
0: i don't what's think- so crazy about that That team, I don't think Brooklyn would be good with three ball down. No, it
1: it wouldn't be good. And also, like, Kyrie would definitely become, like, the third option because there's no way that, like, Harden's going to be the third option. He's definitely, like, one of the top three, four players in the league. So, and we got to see what Kevin Durant looks like, what he's going to be like after the return. So, it's just going to be as just, like, a chemistry thing. going to be interesting to watch, especially, and we talk about drama in the NBA. You know, Kyrie uh, has definitely, like, been – uh, definitely a proponent of drama and stuff like that. So we'll see. But it's going to be super, super dope to uh, watch both of those guys uh, back playing in the NBA. And I, I just think the East just has parity. Another, another cool team, I guess, on the West um, looking to make a move is going to be the Pelicans. And we're going to f- get a whole season of Zion, hopefully, if he can stay healthy. And, um, you know, then those matchups between the Ball brothers, which is going to be very, very cool to watch.
0: Yeah, no, I do think every team that got better. Um, I I can't really just think of a team like a team that's gonna be awful this year, you know. I don't. I think teams got better. There's be more kind of parity. We we're using the word in terms of those, you know, eight to twelve seeds uh, that are going. There's gonna be a fight for the playoffs. It looks like to me a seventy game season, which is actually gonna start in a month. So. I think training camp's is going to start in about a week, which is going to be crazy, three weeks of training camp. I don't think some of the big stars like you know LeBron – I don't think LeBron's going to play the first few games. He's going to take it easy and try to rest, get his legs under him. But uh, I think the main storyline is what can these guys do in their home arenas without any fans? You know, uh, The bubble atmosphere was different. There was people there. It was still – the nba did a good job it was also
1: it was also the nba playoffs if you need like extra motivation to get fired up for the playoffs like you're in the wrong sport but for this regular season it's a it's a lull it's still going to be a long season 72 games a lot of people feed off of the fans uh to get them through that um so i agree with you it's going to be interesting to see how they do it but um I think look for some of the teams, though, like some of the good teams to probably not maybe win as many games instead of winning, you know, 60 games. Maybe they win like 48, 50 games, but then they really, really turn it on in the playoffs, which is also going to create even more parity and allow, um, you know, that battle for like six, seven, eight, make it even bigger uh, between those final, you know, the 12 teams or whatever, because – now now people are really fighting for it, and that's what we want. We want uh, competitiveness, so it's going to be interesting. Right now, moving forward, like, it's going to be dull. We'll still be talking about NBA free agency as uh, it's transpiring, but for now, what we got, and we'll get into the next uh, few weeks, is uh, we have football to hold us over.
0: Yeah, I and mean, college football is starting to get interesting with the playoff uh, going to start in, in a few weeks. I think there's, like, three or four weeks left of the season, so – Will BYU get in? Will Cincinnati get in? Will Clemson get in? You know, so there's a lot of um, a lot of questions. And in terms of Thanksgiving, it's a sport holiday too because you have so many games on. You have football games on Thursday. You have college basketball games on Thursday. You have college football games on Thursday. I think Thursday through Sunday is such a great, um, you know, a, a great time for sports fans, and hopefully. I'll be high, high up, you know, I'll be just in the green cashing up big time really.
1: Is there are need... there dispensaries out there?
0: No, I'm turning turns of money.
1: I'm and no, uh, no, I'm
0: kidding. Uh, but I'm not going to uh, hopefully not gonna be paying my bookie again next week. So uh, but you know, it's gonna be a lot of good storylines, basketball, football and uh, and tennis to come in the next few months. I know I think it's good for, you know, tennis to take a a few weeks off because they've been going
1: back and forth for, for a pretty, uh, pretty long time. And also just mentally draining, having to be isolated um, and having to quarantine pretty much every single tournament. So they, they have a well-earned break and they're also getting a good off season in right now. So the quality of tennis should be very, very good um, heading into the new year. So we look forward to that. Um, The NFL has been crazy. Um, It's been very, very fun today. Another great day. Look, I mean, the Steelers are really rolling. That's been, that's been very cool to watch. And I love Mike Tomlin. And uh, then it seems like Florida has a new, a new Tim Tebow. So exciting stuff. I'm excited for uh, Thanksgiving. You know, that definitely is a sport holiday. That's, uh, I feel like that's something that's just like American culture, if I was going to say it right there. It's like Thanksgiving is about watching, uh, it's about watching football. And then also Christmas Day, we're going uh, to have NBA on Christmas Day, which is always so much fun. Um, so we're, we're happy about that the way the season's playing out and when it's starting. So we'll see you know I'll be I'll be here on Thanksgiving I'll be watching football uh, maybe with four people because of those are the COVID rules and um, Gavin Newsom will be watching with 16, 17 but you know hopefully hopefully these restrictions don't last and uh, we could start watching some more games with our friends too.
0: yeah, um, you know hopefully things start to wrap up and you know there's, hopeful times to come uh, in the world and we can get fans back in stadiums and arenas and, uh, you know, enjoy that atmosphere that we once took for, we still, I think, still to this day we take for granted, you you know, watching games two years ago, whether they're football, basketball, tennis, you just see the the energy that fans bring. So um, we're we're praying for better times in terms of, uh, you know, health of American citizens and even across the world and hoping that uh, sports can continue to be a sense of relief and, and joy and happiness for, for fans that tune in and watch their favorite teams. So thank you guys for listening. This is actually our first uh, Zoom podcast, so there are many more to come, and hopefully we can stay consistent with this, and this this one uh, displays and projects well. But thank you to Cracked Brackets, Alex, and uh, we got many more to come, especially on this – uh, hopefully with the zoom platform. So thank you guys and, uh, have a good week and let's watch some football and happy Thanksgiving and enjoy your time with family and friends.
1: Definitely. Definitely. Um, been a good pod. Uh, definitely it's fun. It's cool. You know, we're making this transition over, uh, to videotaping the pods now. So, uh, Hopefully that's something that uh, our listeners will enjoy and uh, maybe bring some more uh, some more eyes on us. But uh, again, thanks to our sponsor uh, DraftKings and um, Happy Thanksgiving, everyone, and uh, stay safe. We'll uh, we'll see you next week. Deuces.